0: It's night. Late. You're walking home. The blackness of the street is broken only by the flickering, sickly orange of the buzzing street lamps. You've come this way before, but you've never enjoyed it. You feel it every time you start to get closer to the house. You know the one. It was probably gorgeous back in its day. Ornate designs like spiderweb lace intricately and desperately clinging to its corners. Wooden shutters vaguely tap, tap, tapping against the hollow walls. Tall, pointed Victorian peaks like knives cutting into the gray sky. Window panes, like lifeless eyes agape and staring at you as you pass by. It makes you feel unsettled. Your footsteps quicken. Your stomach tightens. You feel, perhaps, watched. A shape quickly passes behind the veil of one abandoned window just out of the corner of your eye. And you freeze and catch your breath. You feel queasy. Your heart pounds louder and louder from your chest, echoing into your ears and you break into a full run. You don't stop or look back until you get home and are safe, having left that peculiar feeling of uneasiness, of fear, behind. But what if it was coming from within you the whole time. Welcome, my friends and loves. I'm Rakat Fox. Join me as we embrace the strange. is no surprise that I love a good haunting. Ghosts and Tales of the Paranormal thrill me to the core, and I, for one, will be the first to admit that I am a huge believer in things unseen. That being said, tonight's episode focuses on a few interesting cases of things not being quite what they seem when it comes to those chills we get when being in the wrong place at the right time. Now, when you think of a haunted location, you might consider a creaky old mansion or drafty castle, perhaps a moss-covered cemetery or lonely road in the middle of nowhere. However, during the early 1980s, Vic Tandy was sitting at his desk in a laboratory that designed medical equipment. I'm not even sure that there were that many cobwebs. Still, fellow staff began to whisper that the place was haunted. Some would perhaps laugh to boisterously shake it off. (laughs) Others perhaps growing quieter each day. But all the same, they had that feeling of a Little tinge of something just not quite right. Tandy, of course, was a man of science and believed it was likely just the uncanny wheezing of various test life support machines that would often be running in some corner of the building. That is, until one night when he stayed to work on his own after everyone else had left. The atmosphere at this point was... Indeed, spooky. However, there was something more. Tandy suddenly felt something deep within the fiber of his being that he couldn't quite pinpoint. As if his soul and body became slightly offset. The hair on his arms and the back of his neck stood on end. And he felt like... Like someone was in the room with him. As the lab did use oxygen and carbon dioxide, Tandy decided to check the bottles just to make sure none had been mishandled or sprung an unfortunate leak. They all seemed to be fine, so he tried to shake off his unease by grabbing a cup of coffee and returning to his office. Taking a deep breath, Tandy resolved to continue his work. Suddenly, he froze. That feeling of having someone in the room with him suddenly became a knowledge that someone was watching him. He knew that he was alone. He knew there was no one there. But in that moment, a single moment that must have felt very long, just at the corner of his eye, a hazy, gray figure softly emerged, beckoningly into view. He sat very still and very terrified, slowly, slowly Tandy building the courage to turn and look. However, when he finally did, the shape faded and vanished. There was no logic. There was nothing to support what he'd seen. So, he did what any reasonable person would. Immediately went home. The next day, after an evening of rest and time away from the lab, he came back, as work demands. Maybe not sure whether to feel apprehensive or question his previous experience. Soon enough, he was focused on his work once more. Until he took a break to work on a bit of fencing equipment. Tandy was not only a man about the lab, but a fencing enthusiast. (gasps) And that night, he was attaching a new foil to a handle for a competition the next day. Using a lab clamp made the work much easier and quicker, and once the foil was won, he went to find a bit of oil to finish the process. However, upon his return, his eyes fell upon the thin, delicate blade and a lump rose to his throat as he watched it violently shake up and down as if fighting to free itself. For a very brief moment, Tandy felt a hinge of fear return. However, it was soon replaced with curiosity. This was a physical manifestation. Something was causing this, and he was going to find out what it was. He knew more about metal than ghosts, so he decided to use that to his advantage. Vibrations like that would be caused by uh, a sound wave. That was what made sense. So he went about figuring out what it was and where it was going. He clamped the foil onto a drill vise and slid it to various locations in the room and discovered the vibrations became stronger at his desk and weaker at the side of the lab. This was only the beginning. Tandy went on to find that the frequency of this wave was 19 Hz and traced it to a newly installed extractor fan, the wave dispersing once the fan was turned off. The significance of 19 Hz is that it falls within what is known as infrasound, or beneath the range of human hearing, which starts at 20 Hz. So if you're around it, you'll experience it without knowing it's happening. The significance of infrasound is what that experience entails. Vic Tandy, who, aside from being an engineer and fencing enthusiast, was also a professor at Coventry University, and Tony R. Lawrence, who taught at the School of Health and Social Sciences, also at Coventry University, published a paper together titled The Ghost in the Machine that delved into past research on effects of infrasound on humans, which included uneasiness, oppressive feelings, disturbances to the eyes and vision, changes to heart rate, muscle tension, and hyperventilation, combined which can lead to panic attacks. All things that, if experienced suddenly and without obvious cause, could feel like, well, cause for concern. And indeed... There has been investigation and speculation on infrasound being used as a weapon by the government. Which one, you ask? Yes, is the answer. It turns out, infrasound has actually been the topic for military and mad scientist hopefuls since the 1950s, shooting for outcomes that range from causing nausea to head explosions to releasing the bowels. (gasps) As it currently stands, sonic attacks are much less dramatic and dirty. They mostly rely on one of the oldest and most appendable tactics of all, obnoxiousness. For example, in order to force Panamanian director Manuel Noriega from his hiding spot in 1989, the U.S. blasted him with an unrelenting assault of Guns N' Roses and Black Sabbath. (laughs) Tandy, meanwhile, became a pioneer in studying ghostly phenomena through the lens of infrasound and found high levels of the fear-invoking wave present in several known haunted locations, including Warwick Castle and a 14th-century Coventry pub cellar. And interestingly, more discoveries have been made linking sounds of fear to that of those lower hertzes. For example, it was found that just before attacking, a tiger's roar contains a frequency just about 18 hertz. Perhaps just going to show that there may be very good reason we feel fear when our body hears what our ears can't. Like infrasound, there are other specters that slip by us unnoticed while leaving a distinct impression of terror in their wake. Imagine your home. Imagine it is a beautiful old house, set up exactly the way you want, filled with everything you've ever dreamed. It is a sacred place of comfort, warmth. And safety. But something lately, something has changed. It seemed small at first, barely noticeable, just a feeling. And then one knife on the kitchen table. Slowly you reach for it, your fingers against the handle, the weight heavy, in your hand as you lift it. You don't remember leaving it on the table. You don't even remember taking it out, but you must have. Quickly, you put it away. You have a little more work to do before you go to bed, and, as they say, time waits for no one. The next morning, you wake up feeling refreshed. You got a lot done last night, and you are feeling exceptionally accomplished. Pushing back the covers, you swing your feet over the side of your bed and into your snug slippers. Stand and stretch, the floorboards beneath your feet groaning in agreement. You grab a glass of water near the bed and make your way downstairs to the kitchen. With a yawn... You enter the room rubbing your temple with one hand and setting the glass in the sink. Coffee or tea this morning? Either would be good. It really depends on what kind of breakfast you want. You start to turn, then... Swallow. Hard. A single knife on the kitchen table. You... Laugh and shake your head. This is stupid. You speak to no one in particular and pick up the knife, but it feels heavy in your hands. And you exhale, then hurriedly shut it into a drawer. You rub your temple again. This is not how you wanted to start the day. I'll have coffee. You announce, followed by a quick mutter, with a shot of whiskey on the side. And after brewing your cup, you take it and a small breakfast to a quiet table beside a window where you like to work. You pull open the curtain and gaze outside for just a moment. From here, you can see out into the world, starting to turn gray with the cooling of the seasons, and watch as people in the very slightest of distance walk up and down your street. Settling in, you lift the coffee mug to your lips and tentatively take a small sip as you open your computer. You briefly look down at the drink with a furrowed brow. It's... cold. And when you look back up at your computer, the mug slips from your fingers and crashes to the floor, Brown sluggish liquid slowly spreading around your feet. On the screen before you, an open document filled top to bottom, unending as you scroll down further and further that reads, "Cut me open. I can't breathe. Cut me open. I can't I breathe. Can't me open. I can't breathe." You jolt to your feet, the chair tipping with a sudden movement and falling behind you. You feel sick. No, there is an explanation for this. Your hand rises to your temple and rubs. There is an explanation for this. You shake your head as if trying to shake it off and spin toward the kitchen and then choke a gasp. A single knife on the kitchen table. No, no, this can't be. You just put it away. Then the hair on the back of your neck rises. And you slowly... Turn toward the window. The curtain is closed. You take one step. You take another. Then another. You heavily lift a trembling hand to the edge of the curtain. Then quickly throw it open. (laughs) It's quiet. There's no one there, save the deepening overcast gray, and no one on the street. You turn and look behind you at the kitchen. The knife is sitting on the table. There... There has to be an explanation. There has to be a reason. Your heart thuds. You feel sick, but you're trying to calm down. The house feels darker, and you start to wonder why you haven't turned on more lights yet. You walk back toward the kitchen, then out of the corner of your left eye, just at the periphery, where you can barely see into the living room a massive black shape drops from the ceiling. You can feel it thud as it hits the floor. Or is that your heart? You feel a, a pain in your chest. You don't want to turn and look, but but you need to. You You should. You can see that it's that it's still there in the corner of your eye shifting rising twisting your head is spinning slowly your eyes move left your head gradually falling and your eyes your vision can barely make out this indescribable black mass. You're breathing hard, but your chest feels tight, and you can hear your heart pounding in your ears. You can hear yourself gasping, but somehow it feels so far away. You raise your hand to rub your temple, but flinch as something cold grazes and nicks your face with You try to scream as you throw the knife to the floor and it scatters across the wood, but you feel your stomach turning in knots as you double over. You can feel a thud. A thud. A thud as something draws nearer. Thud. Slowly thud. Slower thud. Thud. Thud blackness, and you with no knife as you struggle to breathe. This last piece was written by me, and admittedly different than a lot of the stories we normally share with Fantastically Strange. But the point behind it is relevant to our topic tonight, and an important one, because while I hope that it terrified, or at least thrilled you, it represents very real symptoms of a very real threat that can often be overlooked in cases of hauntings. Carbon monoxide poisoning. A very legitimate and deadly situation that is odorless and tasteless. It can manifest in very ghostly ways such as hallucinations, headaches, dizziness, nausea, drowsiness, weakness, vomiting, chest pain, confusion, shortness of breath, loss of consciousness, and ultimately death. Essentially, carbon monoxide absorbs into red blood cells faster than oxygen, thus blocking those parking spots and depriving the brain, heart, and other vital organs from that oxygen they need. While the higher risk is in older homes, especially as the weather turns colder, it's always a good idea to have a carbon monoxide detector. Do it for me. I love you. It's truly fascinating how our bodies speak to us when the senses we normally rely on don't quite have the language to explain. We can't hear, see, smell, taste, or feel either infrasound or carbon monoxide poison, yet our bodies still try to warn us that something's amiss. Even more interesting is how we read these warnings as hauntings when, really, we're the houses being haunted now normally i like to present three stories within each episode topic however i got a little carried away and ran long however I will be releasing the third story of tonight's episode on my Patreon. If you'd like to check it out, as well as receive early access to all episodes, bonus content, a la outtakes and the like, and other goodies from my other work, visit patreon.com slash We are all holy in the rough, so don't let these lies dictate who you love, cause the Thank you so much for joining me for through the fantastically strange. I hope that you've enjoyed our journey. Come visit for a spell at fantastically strange.com and on Instagram at fantastically strange and Twitter at fantastic oddpod. If you've enjoyed the show so far, please let me know. Maybe even a follow, share, or review. I write, research, edit, and do all of the things myself, and am so honored to be able to bring you stories about topics I'm passionate about, and your ear means the world to me. If you do have any topics you'd like to see, any questions, comments, or, just to say hi, email me at fantasticallystrange at rockatfox.com. All sources, music, and sound effects are linked and credited in the show info, the amazing logo illustration is by Constance Hermit and the killer intro song Hey Dorothy is by Cruise Machine. Thanks again and I can't wait to see you next time. Surrender Dorothy You found some trouble here Surrender Dorothy Watch your rainbows t- We'll <laughs> be